Aspiring Headliner with QSC. Today we're welcoming Nashville-based award-winning singer-songwriter Tori Tullier onto the podcast, who's here today to talk about her debut EP, Baby Steps. So welcome along, Tori. Thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? Hi, I'm good. So excited to be here. Um, I just spent a week in the Northwest doing a songwriting retreat and some shows, so glad to be back in Nashville and glad to be chatting. Oh, cool. How did the songwriting retreat go? Are they pretty intense? This one was this one was good. It was about it was three days of of shows and then about four days of writing. And it was called Nashville in the Northwest. Uh, a friend of mine, Justin Klump, who also produced my EP, he brings Nashville writers out there, and we played at some wineries and just had a really great time. So it was fun. Oh, some wineries that does sound good. Yeah wineries and and songwriting is a good it's a good combo yeah for me just wineries and music maybe not the songwriting but it sounds like a great combination to me (laughs) totally totally well you're no song uh, stranger to songwriting obviously I know that you've been writing for yourself and others for many years so do you still find those songwriting camps and that whole concentrated session-based approach um you know effective for you I do I think I think it's a fun way to, especially to get out of Nashville for a bit. I feel like people's brains kind of open up a little, not that there's anything wrong with the, you know, 11 a.m. session uh, on Music Row every day. That's still super productive. But I think there's something fun about getting out of town and getting people out of their comfort zones and I just I love co-writing and kind of picking people's brains and so it was it was super fun to be out there and just kind of be creative and not worry about any restrictions or anything like that. Mm, absolutely. And were you doing these kind of things on Zoom over the pandemic or did you just songwrite on your own during that time? I definitely definitely did Zoom and I think like everyone it, you know, it has its ups and downs. I think we, we proved it can work, which is awesome. And it allowed us to, to keep going and see people's faces and collaborate through a screen. Uh, but that being said, I feel like just being in the room with someone creatively, there's just something to that. And then also just with audio stuff, like if someone's playing guitar and singing at the same time on zoom it can be a little like what's going on (laughs) um (laughs) but I definitely yeah definitely did the zoom co-writing thing and then I I wrote a ton by myself because I was I lived by myself during that whole time and really you know sequestered just like everyone else and for me it was kind of a good time to get back to basics and really dig into writing on my own again, which I always kept up, but in Nashville, it's sort of easy to get pulled into the the co-writing machine of it all. So it was, it was a good time for me to take a step back and kind of remember why I started writing songs in the first place, why, mm. and why I got into music. And um, so you're from um, Annapolis originally. So when was it that you moved to Nashville? I I moved to Nashville in 2011, which was right after I graduated college. I went to the University of Miami, so 
Maryland, Miami, Nashville, which is kind of a weird triangle. Um, But yeah, it was just really, I had done an internship in Nashville the summer before, and I interned at Warner Brothers in their A&R department. And it was just a really, really cool time to be here. It was the summer that the house that built me was the big song. And I just, I fell in love with the magic of it and honestly just didn't really know that that it existed that there was this whole ecosystem of songwriters and you know trying to get outside songs to artists and as soon as I found it I was like okay that's that's where I need to be mm-hmm. I see and then let's take it back a bit before all the the more recent music and stuff so when you were a child and growing up what kind of music were you around in you know your household what were you exposed to and sort of listening to at that time all sorts of different stuff my my dad's a musician and my mom loves music so music was definitely always a big a big part of our lives and was always you know on when we were cooking dinner and and all that but uh, definitely you know James Taylor Carol King uh Burt Bacharach was probably that was like my favorite stuff when I was younger, just all those, all those really classic songs. And then sort of, as I grew up, I found my own, own things like, you know, Ben Folds and people like that, but just, yeah, I feel like, you know, James Taylor and Carol, Carol King, just that really, you know, classic songwriter Mm. stuff that I just fell in love with. And what about, um, can you remember, what was the first piece of music you bought with your own money? This usually is either something cool or kind of nerdy, or maybe it could fall somewhere in between. So let's see. Yeah. Oh, man. We were, this funny, we were actually just talking about this on a drive in Oregon, and I was trying to remember. Um, I feel like... <sighs> I know I was, I know my favorite CD as a kid was definitely ABBA Gold, um, (laughs) (laughs) which I didn't purchase, but I definitely wore out. And then I feel like when I could get, when I could buy something with my own money, I feel like it might've been like Vanessa Carlton's first album, Mm -hmm. um, the one with the thousand miles on it. I, I was, I was a big fan of her and that song just from a, piano player's perspective I'd I'd never heard anything that sounded like that Mm. and I was like oh my gosh I need to own this so and then I'm and then I'm sure there was there was Spice Girls and of course you know all of that mixed in there absolutely oh yeah we all had the Spice Girls (laughs) those are the days our poor parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't stop so what about um was there someone in particular that inspired you to pursue music on your own was it one of the songwriters like you said did they make you want to do that yourself or perhaps um was it closer to home you know you said your dad was a musician what was it that made you think I want to try and do this it was you know honestly I feel like it just wasn't something I ever even really thought about I I started taking piano lessons I took them I think when I was six or seven and absolutely hated it and then got I guess around 10 or 11 asked my parents to, to try again. And I got a teacher, uh, my piano teacher, Miss Nina, she was really great at 
at picking music. She just picked really, I feel like most of the time when you're a kid, they pick stuff that's kind of dinky or, mm-hmm. you know, not, not that exciting. And she was Russian and she picked really kind of beautiful and emotional piano pieces. And I think for me, I just really got into playing them and I loved getting into the feeling and the emotion of it. And I, I mean, also my, you know, my dad was always writing songs and he was playing shows. So I think, I think for me, it was like, it was, it was just something you did. It didn't feel, it didn't feel special or different or like there was a decision, like I'm going to do this. It just was something that evolved and I liked playing piano. And then, uh, you know, I had always had diaries and stuff like that. And then I think it was around 12 when I wrote my first song and the combination of singing and playing, I was like, Oh, this is cool. This is fun. And I just kind of kept doing it. So. Okay. And here you are now. So can you remember your first song when you were 12? Um, I can. (laughs) I'm not going to ask you to sing. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, please don't. Um, (laughs) But it was uh, it was a little it was a little jazzy. It, it had some like major seventh chords in it. I remember, um, and I think the lyrics were about like it was like talking about a city or something like that. Um, you know, lyrics back then, of course, were like this sounds cool. Put it in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really make any sense, but <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I was, I think I was listening to a lot of like Nora Jones then as well. And so anything jazzy, I was like, that's really cool. That sounds neat. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh I absolutely loved that Nora Jones first album. I'd forgotten about that. I can see what would oh be inspiring. Gosh, yeah. yeah. So beautiful. And, um, I hope I'm saying this right. You're the recipient of the, is it the ASCAP Foundation mm-hmm. Sammy Khan Lyric Writing Award. Okay, cool. For nicotine. So that is amazing. Um, I've yeah. seen your own really good company there as well. You know, John Mayer's won before. So how did it feel to win that and be amongst those kind of peers? And did, did you have any idea that, that you might win? Did you have a feeling that the song was special in that way? I I had no clue. And I didn't even know that I was nominated wow. by, or that it was a possibility those those awards they come up through like the ASCAP kind of um through the staff there and I had a representative at the time named Robert Philhart and he was always just super supportive really really loved what I was doing and he just tried to help in whatever way possible and I knew I knew Nicotine was a cool song because it was one of those that just it fell out really quickly. I think I wrote it in like 45 minutes. And for me, when that happens, it's like it something something right is mm. happening. And so I read or I wrote it and, you know, I I think it was in another another competition at NSAI that was like a voting thing. But I had no idea that Robert had kind of flown it up the flagpole or, you know, submitted it for this award. And so out of the blue, he just called me one day and said, Hey, uh, I submitted you for this thing and you actually won. And these are the other people that have won it. And you get to go to New York for an award ceremony and, you know, 
congrats. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and oh, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's still been one of the coolest things that has happened just because of the, the people that have won it before. And I think for me, just because it was a, a solo write, I didn't write it with anyone else. So it was kind of, it was good, you know, validation at the time that was like, all right, I, you know, I am maybe supposed to be doing this or I did something right. And just kind of some good fire in the belly to keep going. So. Mm, so you said you wrote nicotine incredibly quickly. And is that um, indicative how you write your songs? Or was this just a one-off thing and this one happened to just, you know, flow out of you? It It's different every time I, you know, some songs for me go really, really quick. And uh, for me, normally it's a good sign that it's, it's, there's something good happening. Uh, Songbird was like that off, off my EP that I just put out. Uh, so whenever that happens, it, it feels like, it feels like that flow state or whatever people are talking about. Like it's, it's really just kind of moving and I'm not thinking too much. That's another thing. Cause I, for a while or sometimes I can get really, really just kind of self critical when I'm writing by myself and it's hard to get the, the words from my brain to the page. And mm -hmm. I feel like when things are moving and I'm like, Oh, I like that. I like that. It's, it's kind of easier to get out of my own way, but I've also had it totally the other way where, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a struggle and sometimes it's write this whole thing, scrap that, scrap that. And it'll take, you know, sometimes even for me, if, if it's a solo, right, like three or four months just to really like take it slow and, and kind of self edit as I go. And I feel like, I feel like the co-writing process is kind of similar. I mean, I've had sessions with people where, you know, in two hours we write something and it's fun and it was great. And, you know, people's publishers or managers love it. And then other times it's like, we know this is a great idea, but, and we really want to get it right. And then it's like three or four sessions of just really nitty gritty, mm. um, picking every detail. Right, and yeah. I think it depends on people's writing personalities too. Cause I've, I've some friends that are, you know, down to dig and down to really get, get it as, you know, perfect as possible. And then some people are just all about feel and you know how it goes so it's different every time okay okay and then um so you've mentioned um before you've um clearly written for other artists maybe for about 10 years and then it's only in recent years as you said during lockdown everything you started writing for your own so um what was that transition like you know switching over from writing for other people to yourself and why was it that you decided you know I'm going to start um doing my own music again for myself yeah, it was, I think I had just, I'd been writing for others for so long and it was, it was something that I really, I really enjoyed and I like writing for other artists and kind of getting into their headspace and trying to write things that they love for themselves. But I think, I think I got just a little lost in that process and especially just with the whole industry of Nashville it's it's a beautiful thing it's 
super high level. It's collaborative. It's competitive. But if you don't have a strong sense of who you are and what you do when you go into it, I think it's a little easy to get kind of pinged around. And for me, when I, you know, went into it, I was 22 and had been kind of doing another different style of music. I always just wrote kind of more pop and rock and mm. piano based stuff. And to dive into the country space, it was kind of an interesting, an interesting time in the industry and also a little bit hard to find my footing. And I think I kind of let the pendulum swing the other way a little bit too much and you know, kind of tried to be some things that maybe I wasn't and it had come back and corrected. But I think, you know, in my heart or soul or whatever, I, there was still this music that I hadn't been creative. I hadn't been creating in a long time or nurturing or giving it the space. So in lockdown, it was kind of like, I had no choice but to let that stuff come out. And, you know, I think like everyone, it was, it was kind of, it was just a hard time. And I was going through some stuff. I'd, I'd been through a breakup before lockdown that fall. And I just had some things that I wanted to write about. And, and you know, when I got to the end of it and realized I had, you know, six or seven songs that might work for a project, I was like, well, we can kind of continue doing what we've always done, which is sort of shelf it and not take this step, not do anything with it. Or we can try something new or not even new. It's something I did a long time ago, but, you know, get back to thinking of myself as an artist, pursuing an artist career along with songwriting and just kind of, take that step again and, and be brave. So that's, that's what I decided to do. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Well, it certainly sounds like, um, you know, what's inspired your songwriting has changed over the years, which I guess it probably would for anyone over, let's say a 10 year period. Did it, um, come easy to you to kind of switch that side of yourself back on and, um, concentrate on writing for yourself and what, you know, what you sort of picked from in terms of inspiration there? Yeah, I think it was it was cool to get back to it because you know, now I had these these 10 or so years of writing under my belt, you know, that really developed me and and pushed me as a songwriter. I mean, regardless of regardless of what I was writing, just, you know, being in the room with other people and writing a song, a song, you know, Monday through Friday for 10 years, that just really kind of sharpens that tool. And in the process, I had just kind of been exposed to so much new music for me that maybe I didn't have when I was younger, like, you know, Patty Griffin and Kathleen Edwards and Lori McKenna and Natalie Hemby and just all these people that I had sort of absorbed like a sponge that weren't necessarily part of my musical repertoire, you know, when I graduated from college. So when I stepped back to it, it was kind of 
like I had more tools and I had, you know, more life experiences and just a wider palette of music that I liked. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of went for it. And, you know, maybe similar to when I was a kid, I kind of didn't really think about it too much. Like in the beginning, I was just kind of writing songs at home and it was like, oh, I like this one. Oh, this one kind of goes with that one. Oh, this one also goes with those. And then out of nowhere, it was like, oh, this this might be an EP. Okay, what mm-hmm. does that mean? <laughs> so then it was like, all right, I think we are we are going to do this. So, yeah. Amazing. So now obviously you've got yourself in this position, you've got your debut EP, um, Baby Steps, which is out now. So um, this makes sense now that you've said about, you know, the heartbreak and stuff. It takes the listener on a journey, doesn't it, through you know, this tough period through to redemption. And was that always the aim, you know, sort of travel through a journey listening to these tracks? Or was this a natural evolution when you put all the songs together? I would say it was more, it was probably pretty natural. Um, You know, Things I Won't Forget was kind of the first song that I wrote. And it's really a descriptive, you know, take and, and dive into that that initial heartbreak. And then from there, I feel like it kind of ebbs and flows and, you know, sort of like, like the, the lockdown time, it was like, you know, you feel a little better then maybe, you know, you get a, take a little dive and, you know, it's, it's an ebb and flow. And, and, you know, that theme of, of that is definitely present on it. But then I think there was also, like songs like Songbird, it was just like, you know, talking about more career stuff and, you know, my life journey and purpose and how to keep going. And, you know, then to me, you get to the end of it and Baby Steps is kind of this like resolution and sort of a a pause to say like, okay, you know, just take it slow. And I, again, I don't, I don't think it was super purposeful. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like, I looked at it and said, all right, I need this. Oh, now we need this. And this is kind of how this goes. And it was more just kind of getting to the end of it and realizing like, oh, all these, all these songs happen and they kind of have an arc. And um, so, yeah, I, I love how it came out, but it was, it was definitely not intentional. Okay. Um, And do you have a personal favorite track on the album or something on the EP, sorry, um, or something that really, means something to you in particular yeah I think they're all they're all my little song babies (laughs) um (laughs) in some way but I would say I feel like over time over time it's changed but I feel like baby steps right now is it's it's one that I just kind of keep coming back to it's a really it's a really simple song and there's something really comforting about it. And I feel like it's just, it's one that's like a good song to put on when you're cooking dinner or making a cocktail at the end of the day. And also just, just a good reminder that it does take baby steps and things move slowly, excuse me. Um, And that's okay. Mm. So is it hard to share such a personal side of yourself through music or is that something you've got used to over time 
I guess I've gotten used to it. Some of it, some of it was hard to share, particularly if, if it's a song about another person or something that's, that's really, really personal. But I think for me, songs are just kind of how I communicate, I guess. And I just always think if I'm, if I'm feeling it, then maybe one other person is feeling it. And then hopefully some way or another, that person can hear it and feel validated. So I think a lot of times the risk is worth the reward. Mm, Absolutely. And um, what have you got coming up for the rest of the year? Have you got any live shows you're looking forward to? Um, Any more music that you'll be working on? What's it looking like for you? Yeah, I, uh, this past week in Oregon was awesome. And I've got, I've got a show at the Bluebird coming up towards the end of the month, which I'm really excited about. And then uh, I just got added to the Annapolis Songwriters Festival, which is in my hometown, which is going to be awesome. There's tons of tons of great songwriters coming, uh, which will be fun because I think there's like multiple stages, multiple days. So that one will be really great. And yeah, I've got some I've got some acoustic versions of songs from the EP coming out, so I'm looking forward to getting those out there and yeah, my mind's kind of percolating on the next project and what that looks like. So, oh, fantastic. Lots to look forward to then by the sounds of it and lots of new music to come. Yes. Yes, your fans hope so too I'm sure um oh that's great um all right then Tori thank you so much for joining us today it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and find out about you and your music and your inspiration and everything so thank you so much yes thank you you're very welcome headliner radio supporting the creative community 